0: Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 139 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick, and today's episode of Locked On Rangers is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. And I wanted to start today's episode uh, just by talking a little bit about the situation with George Floyd and everything that has happened since then. Uh, You know, I try to keep things as focused on the Rangers as I can on this podcast, but when something this big happens, uh, I think it bears at least mentioning a little bit here. Uh, And with George Floyd, what happened to him, first of all, let me just say it was absolutely horrible, absolutely inexcusable. Um, I thought that uh, it was a really touching scene the other day, though, when uh, his family visited the site where he died, and uh, they led a prayer, and they addressed the crowd and his brother called for the end of violence. Uh, he wants peaceful protests. And I think we can all agree that that is definitely the way to go. Uh, but as far as, you know, the incident itself and what, what sparked all this, everything that we're seeing right now, uh, let me just say that racism is just flat out garbage. It has no place in this country. It has no place in this world. What those officers did to Mr. Floyd was absolutely reprehensible. And they all need to face some serious consequences uh, for what they did. Um, And again, I I do like to keep the focus on the Rangers on this podcast uh, as much as I can. I think that's why people tune in. And in some cases, you know, maybe this podcast, another locked on podcast that you guys might listen to, maybe they provide a little bit of an escape, uh, you know, from just all the bad things that have happened in 2020. I mean, I'm sorry. I don't really know how else to say it. Uh, 2020 has not been... A banner year for this planet. It has not been a banner year for this country between everything that happened that's still happening with the pandemic and everything that happened with George Floyd and everything that's continuing to happen since. Uh, it's not good. But uh, the one thing I can say is just do your best to keep your head up, do your best to stay positive. And I know obviously a lot of the listeners to this podcast uh, certainly live in New York City. Uh, that just stands to reason. It's New York Rangers podcast. So just make sure you're being safe out there. Make sure everybody's taking care of each other. And yeah, just just absolutely stay safe, because you know, these are definitely some scary times uh, that we're living in right now. And, um, you know, I, I think it just helps to just make sure we're watching each other's back. We are all in this together after all. And just try to spread a little bit of positivity if you can in your daily life, you know, go out there and say something nice to somebody, you know, just say hi to somebody, say, call call a family member. Um, Call a friend you haven't talked to in a while. Uh, say hi to a random stranger and just, I don't know, just try to spread a little bit of positivity because I think everybody could use it right now. And again, I'm sorry if I'm not being as articulate as I typically try to be on this show. Um, You know, this isn't really uh in my wheelhouse. I, I don't know what to say right now. I, I think I'm like a lot of other people where I'm kind of just at a loss for words that it, with everything that's happening right now. So, uh, again, you know, j- just try to stay positive And, uh, you know, hopefully we can all get through all of this together. And, you know, brighter days are definitely ahead. You know, it's always the darkest right before the dawn, uh, not to use a cheesy cliche, but I think that cliche, that cheesy cliche definitely does apply here. So a- again, everybody just hang in there. And, uh, you know, just try to try to move forward and, and try to spread a, a little bit of positivity to your fellow human beings. And the only other thing I wanted to mention here, uh, you know, a lot of fans of New York sports teams, uh, they've kind of been giving the Rangers and the Knicks a hard time for not putting out uh, any statement regarding George Floyd or anything that's happened since. And I I hear you. I hear you. You know, I think uh, the Rangers and Knicks, they need to set an example. They need to put out a statement of some kind. I mean, it doesn't really take that much effort to condemn racism. I think we can all agree on that. So, and you know, with the Rangers, and you think about the incident that happened with Ke'Andre Miller earlier this year. He was on, you know, a, uh, I believe it was a Skype chat. But basically, it was one of those chats where, you know, fans could join uh, Ke'Andre Miller for a virtual, you know, basically just a sit down, just a chat and, uh, you know, ask him some questions, you know, how'd you get into hockey? Uh, what was your favorite team growing up? Is there a defenseman you kind of pattern yourself after who's in the NHL right now? It's stuff like that, fun things. And then, you know, obviously uh, one racist uh, low life decided to hijack the entire thing and basically just spewed hate, uh, which is, again, just, just completely reprehensible, um, and with the Rangers, you know, with something like that happening, uh, people were critical with how they handled that situation, um, and I think now, you know, it's a chance that they, they should have put out a statement by now. Uh, the only thing I will say in the slight defense of the Rangers and Knicks is that, you know, right now, you have a bunch of corporations and a bunch of sports franchises that are putting out statements that basically say, you know, uh, we condemn racism, we do don't agree with violence, and, you know, it just comes off as, as very uh, inauthentic, very manufactured, very paint-by-numbers. So, I mean, maybe it's a, it's a case where the Rangers and the Knicks, and I can't say this for sure, I have no idea what's going through their heads. Again, I think they should have said something by now, but it could be a case where they just don't really know what to say and they don't know that putting out a generic statement necessarily makes things better. But I think even if it is completely generic— Uh, I think a statement of some kind is something that the Rangers and Knicks should definitely do. There are people that are looking to them, you know, and there's obviously a a lot going on in New York City right now. I think these professional sports franchises should try to set an example, should try to just acknowledge the situation and just acknowledge that, you know, what happened to George Floyd was horrible. Um, I think that's the least he can do. And, you know, hopefully in the coming days, maybe weeks, uh, we get something from Uh, either or both organizations, but uh, we'll, we'll just have to wait and see. As far as the Ranger portion of today's show is concerned, I wanted to go ahead and pick this back up. It's something we started in episode 135, where we basically just look at all four of the Rangers' regular season matchups against the Carolina Hurricanes. The Rangers, of course, set to uh, clash with the Hurricanes in the qualifying round of the playoffs. The Hurricanes, the number six seed in the East, the Rangers, the number 11 seed. But the Rangers went 4-0 against the Hurricanes this regular season, and as we've seen The Hurricanes have basically done everything they could to try to squirm their way out of this matchup. Uh, They voted against the return-to-play proposal and, and basically cried about everything being unfair and then suggested that the Rangers have to win four out of the five games against the Hurricanes without even the slightest bit of irony. So... Yeah. Anyway, let's pick this back up. We talked about, like I said, the first two matchups of the season. We talked about that in episode 135. We'll pick it back up today, the third matchup between the Rangers and Hurricanes this season. And this occurred all the way back on December 27th. It was in fact the first game for the Rangers after the holiday break. And the Rangers in this one picked up a 5-3 victory in Carolina. Canes took a 1-0 lead in this one. They got a goal from Lucas Walmark in the first Period about five minutes into the action, and this is the only time all season, the only time in the four games that the Rangers and Hurricanes have played against each other, that the Rangers were actually trailing the Hurricanes. That's it, and it only lasted for about ten minutes because Mika Zibanejad got the equalizer uh, late in the first period on the power play, and that was just the start of the Rangers reeling off four consecutive goals in this game. Kreider scored, Panarin scored, Zibanejad scored, all in the second period. They combined forces to give the Rangers a four-to-one lead. So the Stars were definitely out for the Rangers. On this night, uh, similar to what happened in the previous matchup, though, the Hurricanes once again kind of fought their way back into this game. Uh, Brett Pesci scores late in the second period, and then Sebastian Aho scores early in the third period. Uh, that makes it 4-3, to so the Rangers just have a one-goal lead at this point. But then Ryan Strom lights the lamp with about six minutes remaining, gives the Rangers a little bit of breathing room at 5-3, to and that was indeed the final score. Three points apiece in this game for Zibanejad and Panarin. Uh, the Rangers, again, con- continuing kind of this uh, season-long trend, at least to this point, the first three games against the Hurricanes, badly outshot in this game. Uh, this time it was by a 42-24 margin. And, uh, you know, I got to say, this is something that does concern me a little bit as far as the playoff matchup is concerned. Uh, Look, I know it's quality over quantity, and the Rangers seem to convert on their scoring opportunities, whereas the Hurricanes don't when these two teams play each other. The Rangers end up with far fewer uh, shots on goal, but they just tend to put the puck in the net far more often than the Hurricanes do. So I get that, and there is some truth to that. But, yeah, I mean, I, I, I... I don't know if you can go out in a, in a playoff matchup, in a playoff series, and get outshot by 18 or 20 or 24 shots a night and live to tell about it. I, I just don't know that you're going to get through that. Um, so far, they have. Maybe maybe there is something to that. It's just as simple as quality over quantity. But, uh, you know, again, outshot by 18 goals or 18 shots, rather, on this night. So it is a little bit concerning. But, you know, so far the Rangers have uh, have handled it, and they've found a way to get the wins uh, despite being outshot in uh, three of the four games uh, by quite a margin in fact uh that they've played against the hurricanes this season something else that kind of stood out to me about this game too uh the raiders scored a pair of power play goals in this game and the hurricanes went 0 for 5 on the man advantage so basically a classic early season uh ranger performance taking too many penalties five penalties is just too many you can't give your opposition five power play opportunities uh but hey you know what the penalty kill stepped up so uh, at least they basically build themselves out of it and, uh, you know, killed off all the man advantages the Hurricanes got in this game. And Lundqvist, once again, up to the challenge. He shuts down the Hurricanes again. I mean, he did give up three goals in this one, but he made 39 saves on 42 shots and once again, defeats the Hurricanes. And, uh, you know, again, Canes go 0 for 5 on the power play. Your goalie's got to be your best penalty killer on the ice, and Henrik Lundqvist was indeed on this night. As far as the goal of the game is concerned, I got to go with Chris Kreider's goal early in the second period because... This gave the Rangers a 2-1 to lead, and it put them on top for good. There was a face-off, actually, in the Rangers zone, and the Rangers basically got a fast break off of the face-off. Uh, so the Hurricanes uh, appeared to win the face-off back to a defenseman, but Buchnevich made a great play here. He immediately uh, moves in from the left wing, Back to the left point. So he's moving, you know, basically across the faceoff dot there. And he puts some pressure on the defenseman. The defenseman basically just missed the puck. The puck bounces off the boards. And Mika Zibanejad picks it up in stride. He's off to the races. Uh, Zibanejad and Kreider are just flying down the ice. They're, you know, two of the fastest players on the Rangers, uh, if not the NHL and uh, they basically just use their speed to create a two-on-one. Zabajad holds onto the puck for as long as he can. He draws the defenseman toward him, and then he passes to Kreider. Kreider stuffs it home, gives the Rangers a two-to-one lead, a lead that they would not relinquish the rest of the way. And, you know, watching this goal, I might understand a little bit better why the Hurricanes traded for Brady Shea, because uh, this was not a banner moment for either Carolina defenseman. Edmondson uh, missed the puck initially. He's the one that, you know, Buchnevich put some pressure on him, and he just flat-out missed the puck. And then Pesci really didn't, Play the two-on-one all that great, you know. You really, if you're the defenseman on a two-on-one, uh, you want to do everything you can to to just basically eliminate a scoring chance if you can. But the one thing that you got to do is is try to take away that that pass. Because at least if you take away the pass, then at least the goalie is one-on-one with the guy who has the puck, and he doesn't have to worry about a pass getting through. But I don't know. Pesci just kind of fell down on this, and and the pass was there, and it was basically an easy stuff-and-goal for Chris Kreider. Uh, You know, Zabanejad put it right on t for him, and Kreider took care of the rest. So yeah, not a bitter moment there for uh, the Carolina defense, and maybe that's why they were interested in a guy like Brady Shea, and maybe that's part of the reason why they targeted him uh, near the trade deadline this year. The only other note that I have on this game is that this was the lone game between the Rangers and Hurricanes this season where Peter Mrazek was not in net for the Canes. It was James Reimer, but he obviously didn't have too good of a night, allowing five goals on just 24 shots, so uh, not really faring any better than Mrazek has fared against the Rangers. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless and seemingly intimidating questioning, like, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX, and have to wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing the only brand his warehouse just happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or new car dealership? Rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write On" in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. And then most recently this is the fourth and final matchup between the Rangers and Hurricanes this season and that occurred on February 21st the Rangers go to Carolina they beat the Canes 5 to 2 in rally and this is part of a stretch where the Rangers won 9 out of 10 games they were just firing on all cylinders coming into this matchup uh no Lundqvist this time Igor Shesterkin was in net for the Rangers he stopped 27 of 29 shots just one of uh, many impressive performances that he's turned in since getting the call to the NHL so Uh, If the Rangers do end up going with Igor in the playoffs, and more on that in just a few minutes here, it is nice knowing that he at least has one strong game against the Hurricanes under his belt because I know uh, Henrik Lundqvist has thoroughly dominated the Hurricanes through his career, and that's even been true this season as well, so maybe there's a case to be made that Lundqvist should be worth some consideration uh, as far as who's going to be the starting goalie in the playoffs, but like I said, we'll get to that in just a minute. Uh, in this game, Mika Zibanejad opened the scoring late in the first period. Uh, Brock McGinn for the Hurricanes got the equalizer in the second, and then the Rangers, they rip off three consecutive goals. Uh, Jesper Fast, Bray Shea of all people, and Artemi Pineda Aaron, all lighting the lamp to give the Rangers a 4-1 to lead. Aho then scored for the Hurricanes, and then Ryan Strom uh, sealed the win with an empty netter to make the score 5-2 to late in the third period. The Rangers, they got a little bit of puck luck in this game. The goals by Faust and Shea, uh, really the result of some funky bounces, but sometimes you kind of earn those breaks. And like I said, the Rangers were playing some great hockey at this time. They came in just firing on all cylinders. They were on fire and uh, just kind of continued here. Uh, the hockey gods just kind of smiled down on them for those goals, I suppose. But, and it also just kind of continued a, a season-long storyline that the Rangers simply have the Canes number, and the Canes just can't catch a break against the Rangers, and hey, as Ranger fans, we can only hope that that continues uh, to be the case in the playoffs, because like I said, you know, the Rangers got a couple of fortuitous bounces in this game. I think they would have won anyway, uh, but they did catch a couple of breaks on at least two of the goals there, and as for the goal of the night, I got to give it to Mika. He opened the scoring in this game. He basically just did it single-handedly. He blocked a shot by Jordan Stahl from the point, scooped up the puck, went in on a breakaway, pulled the puck to his backhand, and roofed it. Bika uses that move quite a bit in shootouts uh, or, or breakaways or shootouts or whatever it might be. When he's going in one-on-one against the goaltender, builds up a ton of speed, pulls it to his backhand, and just roofs it. And you know at this point I feel like goalies have to know that it's coming they've seen him do it enough but they still can't stop it so that that's pretty impressive that Mika Zibanejad has a move that's, that's that lethal that you basically know it's coming or at least have a good idea that it's coming and you, as an opposing goalie, still cannot stop it. And that was on display here. And the other big piece of news from this game, the Rangers finally outshot the Hurricanes 36-29 uh, to 29 in this one. So it can be done. The Rangers and Hurricanes can play a game, and the Rangers can uh, come out on top in the shots department. And that does make you feel a little bit better going into the playoffs. Because like I said, the other three games, the Hurricanes outshot the Rangers by a wide margin, despite the Rangers winning all of those games. So good to see here at least one game where the Rangers uh, get the better of the Canes in the shots department. And the Hurricanes are definitely going to have a decision to make come playoff time because they've got two goalies who are both solid. They're both good options. You know, Peter Mrazek and James Remery, they've both had pretty good seasons for the Carolina Hurricanes. I would imagine they would look to go with Peter Mrazek because he was mostly their starting goalie last season in the playoffs. And he split time with Curtis McElhinney, but McElhinney obviously no longer on the Hurricanes. Peter Mrazek played all seven games of the Canes' uh, thrilling Playoff opening series against the Washington Capitals. So obviously he goes four and three there. Murazic started game one against the Islanders and they won. And then they went to Curtis McAlehny for the next three games against the Islanders and they won all three of those games as well. So they swept the Islanders and then they got swept by the Bruins in the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, Peter Moraesic started each of those first two games. They lost by scores of five to two and six to two, and then Curtis McAllenny came in and the Canes lost by scores of two to one and four to nothing. So I don't know. I, I get the feeling that it's gonna be Merezik just because they had a really nice playoff run with him last year and it just kind of seemed and, you know, when you're the incumbent goalie, and especially when you're going into the playoffs, I think it's your job until somebody takes it away from you. And I don't know that James Reimer has done enough to take the starting goalie job away from Peter Morazic. So I'd imagine the Kings will probably go with Morazic against the Rangers, but obviously we'll have to wait and see there. Just wanted to take a minute to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Built Bar. It is the best tasting protein and energy bar that I have ever had. It's kind of hard to explain. You just have to experience it. Okay, as promised, we're going to dive into the Rangers' goaltender situation just a little bit here, and we talked about this just very briefly in our last episode, episode number 138, uh, about Henrik Lundqvist's recent comments with GP Sportsen, and my biggest takeaway from that whole interview, and, and, you know, other people might have other opinions about what the biggest, uh, you know, noteworthy soundbite might have been, but for me, uh, what I got out of that was, man, that competitive fire, it's still there. It still burns within the king, man. You know, he's ready to go. He's ready to come back and compete for the starting job. It has been a subpar season for Henrik Lundqvist. I don't think there's any denying that, and obviously Igor Shesterkin has really burst onto the scene here, but just to take a look at all three goalies on the Rangers, uh, let's go ahead and just go one by one here. We'll take a look at their season stats as well just to give everybody a little bit of a refresher. I think everybody has a general idea of how all three goalies have performed this season, but obviously we've been without hockey for a pretty long time now. We're coming up on almost three months. So yeah, it might be good to just kind of give their season statistics and just talk about them all individually, and we'll take a look at, you know, all of their case for meaning the crease when the postseason starts here. And, you know, out of respect to a legend, let's go ahead and start this thing with Henrik Lundqvist. He appeared in 30 games for the Rangers this season, 26 starts, posted a record of 10, 12, and 3, a 316 goals against average, a 905 save percentage, and one shutout. And what really stands out to me in that stat line there, like, I knew the goals against average was was not up to par for Henrik Lundqvist this season, not by a long shot. Ditto with the save percentage. Uh, the thing that really stands out to me is just the fact that Lundqvist has only won 10 games this year for the Rangers, and that just seems very surprising, and I would have just thought that it'd be more than that. I, I don't know Why? Uh, I know that, you know, obviously the Rangers started kind of shaky this season, and they've turned it on lately uh, since the All-Star break, but man, I-, I just did not think we'd be sitting here with Henrik Lundqvist having only won 10 games at this point, and not only that, but the Rangers are playoff bound, and I realize part of that is because of the 2014 format, but be that as it may, uh, the Rangers are going to the playoffs in a season where Henrik Lundqvist only won 10 games, which just sounds so weird. If you rewind like five years, you can't even imagine a scenario quite like that, but here we are, and the Rangers are going to be going to the playoffs, and you know, Lundqvist, as we've said, he's had his moments this season, and, and you can ask the Hurricanes about that as well. Again, Lundqvist going 3-0 and against the Canes, continuing his basically uh, career-long domination against Carolina. Uh, but if we're being totally honest here, we do have to admit that this has been Henrik Lundqvist's career-worst season. He is now uh, 38, turned 38 in the season. and But even with all that said, I, I do think there is still a slight case to be made for Henrik Lundqvist being between the pipes when the playoffs start, And uh, let me just preface all of this by saying that I I do think, spoiler alert, I'm going to go with Igor Shosturkin here. We're going to just kind of have an open debate here where I kind of just talk all of us through all three of these goalies. And and again, all the the things that they have in their favor, all the things that they have working against them. But with Lundqvist, there are some things uh, working in his favor. And for one, uh, you got to look at the experience. And... First of all, Igor Shosturkin and Alexander Georgiev, they have never even been in an NHL playoff series, much less actually started or played at all. Uh, Henrik Lundqvist, on the other hand, has appeared in 128 career Stanley Cup playoff games. Of course, all of those coming with the New York Rangers. He has gone 61 and 65 in those games. A save percentage of 922. A goals against average of just 2.28. Just absolutely fantastic numbers. 10 shutouts in his career in the playoffs. And man, you read all these stats and you see how good he's been and how clutch he's been for this team. You kind of get mad all over again that he doesn't have a Stanley Cup. It's like, "Geez, man, like how did we not how do we not break through it and, and get a Stanley Cup for Henrik Lundqvist?" It, it really is unfortunate, but hey, you never know. We are back in the playoffs this year, so he's going to have at least one more shot at it whether he's the starter or the backup. Again, it will not be Henrik Lundqvist's best opportunity to win a Stanley Cup, but we've seen evidence, you know, if you're in the Stanley Cup playoffs, you got a chance. And so you just hope that Maybe the Rangers can go on some kind of miraculous run here and give Henrik Lundquist just the, one of the all time uh, storybook endings. But as far as, you know, this helping his cause, it does help his cause, you know, to, to be the man in the playoffs. This is a guy who, in the postseason, has been at the absolute top of his game. And in fact, his numbers, his goals against average, uh, again, 228, his save percentage, 922, both better than what he's done in his career in the regular season. His career, not by a lot, but they're both better. Uh his career in the regular season, 9.18 save percentage and a 243 goals against average. Obviously uh that goals against average has climbed a little bit these last couple seasons that haven't really gone Henrik's way. But yeah, I mean, you talk about a guy who's just at his absolute best when it matters the most and that's Henrik Lundqvist for you. And you know, when you couple that his playoff experience combined with the fact that he absolutely positively owns the Hurricanes, there's got to be at least some consideration. But uh, my vote's still for Shish Thurkin, but I, I at least got to make the case for Lundqvist and throw it out there. Uh, let's move on to Alex Georgiev. Georgiev this season has played in 34 games with the Rangers, 32 starts. He has gone 17-14-2 with a goals against average of 3.04, a safe percentage of 9 10, and a pair of shutouts. So... Yeah, actually, Alex Georgiev has started more games than Henrik Lundqvist has this year, and he leads the Rangers in appearances and starts. So if there's a case to be made for Alex Georgiev actually being the Rangers starting goalie in the playoffs, then maybe it's something as simple as as the fact that he has started more games than any of the Rangers' three goalies, and you're sort of getting the best of both worlds in a way, because Georgiev has a little bit more experience at the NHL level than Igor Sesterkin. But if the Rangers don't like what they've seen overall from Henrik Lundqvist this season— Maybe Georgiev becomes the starter... As a result there. But even as I'm saying this, I gotta be honest, guys, I realize it's not really a strong argument. So I would be surprised if the Rangers roll with Georgiev in the playoffs. I think among the three goalies, he might actually have the worst chance to be the starter in the playoffs. It might be the least likely scenario. And I gotta be honest, I don't see him dressing for a lot of these games because, you know, Henrik Lundqvist, if he's not going to be the starter, I'd imagine they'll do what they've done basically for the whole regular season. And that's have him active in the lineup, have him dressed as the backup. And then at least he's in the lineup, locker room. Because don't underestimate the value of having a veteran around to, you know, kind of give some advice to the young guys. And having a well-respected legend in the locker room like Henrik Lundqvist, uh, that matters. That's important. And, you know, you have him in there as a backup, and if you have to go to him, you have to go to him. But I don't see the Rangers uh, going into the playoffs and not having Henrik Lundqvist in that locker room. I I just don't see any way how that's possible. The respect that he commands, the presence that he has, and, you know, just the fact that there's so many players on this Ranger team that are going to be making their Stanley Cup playoff debut, I think you want Henrik Lundqvist in there because it ain't his first rodeo. So, uh, yeah, I I see Lundqvist being the backup, and and it's not fair to Georgiev. Listen, this three-goal... This three-goalie situation has been tough for all three. I mean, not really Shesterkin. Shesterkin's kind of just come in and taken the bull by the horns. But it's been tough for Henrik Lundqvist. It's been tough for Alex Georgiev. And, you know, it's unfortunate. And and it just is what it is. It's a numbers game. Uh, Georgiev probably deserves better. But if I'm making a prediction here, I think Georgiev is probably the odd man out when the playoffs start. And that, of course, brings us to Igor Shesterkin. Shesterkin played in 12 games for the Rangers, all 12 of them starts, a 10-2 record, a 932 save percentage, and a 252 goals against average. And look, I understand it is a small sample size, his career in the NHL is just getting started, and you know, making your 13th career NHL start in a Stanley Cup playoff game, all while replacing a legend, mind you, is a tall order on paper, but we've all seen what Igor Shesterkin can do. He has dominated every level of hockey that he's ever played at the KHL, the AHL, Video game like numbers, the Rangers have been very high on Igor Shisterkin for a very long time. There are no guarantees that any young player or any young prospect is gonna work out in the long term, and Shisterkin is no exception to that rule. But show me any reason why you or me or any other Ranger fan should believe that he's not gonna be a fantastic goalie in this league for a very long time. I don't see one. And the stats are crazy enough, but how about the eye test? I mean, just watching him play hockey was a privilege, you know, for for the twelve games that we got to see him. He comes up to the Rangers, he gets off to a shaky start in his debut against the Avalanche, but he settled down, he won the game, and he basically just spread his wings and took off from that point. He's been absolutely fantastic, and I really don't think that enough is being made of the simple fact that he, again, is replacing a legend in Henrik Lundqvist, and by the way, that legend is still here. He's still in the locker room. He's been relegated to to sitting on the bench far more often than not, and You know, it kind of reminds me, a recent example of this, I'm going to change sports on you guys just for a second here, but you think about New York sports, and one of the more recent examples of replacing a legend would be when Didi Gregorius came in and had to replace Derek Jeter, and and Didi did a great job for the Yankees. Personally, I think the Yankees are going to miss Didi a lot more than a lot of people might realize, but anyway, the point is, uh, yes, Didi replaced a legend, but guess what? Jeter was gone when Didi got there. It isn't like they banished Jeter to the bench and and Jeter was just awkwardly sitting on the bench for the rest of his whole final season with the Yankees. So, you know, Didi, at least, by the time he took over, uh, Jeter was retired. So there was no option of going back to Derek Jeter at any point uh, by then. And as for Shosturkin and Lundqvist, this could have been a potentially awkward situation, and who knows, maybe it is a little awkward. But I think Igor and Lundqvist—they've uh, done about as well as you can do given the circumstances that they've been dealt here. And I think both guys deserve to be commended on how well they have handled themselves throughout this transition. Uh, as Igor Shosturkin basically just takes over and becomes the guy in New York. And you know, again, Shosturkin has my vote for the playoffs. Uh, I would imagine the Rangers are probably leaning that way as well. Maybe they want to have. An open competition when training camp opens back up, and that's not a bad idea either. You know, make somebody earn it. But again, you know, Shesterkin, he's been as advertised since getting to the NHL. And small sample size or not, I don't think you can go against someone who's played the way that Igor Shesterkin has played since he got to the NHL. And one last parameter here, and this is usually a pretty solid gauge when you're in a situation like this. Say you're a fan of the Carolina Hurricanes or any other team that might play the Rangers in the playoffs if the Rangers are fortunate enough to advance past Carolina. You're a fan of the Rangers' opposition. Who would you least like to see in net for the Rangers if your favorite team is about to play the Rangers in a postseason series? it's probably Shesterkin, and that tells you everything you need to know, and it, may, it might be a little bit different for the Hurricanes, because they know how Henrik Lundqvist has had their number for as long as he's had their number, and that includes this season. Lundqvist is, again, 3-0 against the Hurricanes, so maybe it's a little bit different from them. Uh, maybe they're not really all that familiar with Igor Shesterkin yet. Again, small sample size, just 12 games in the NHL, but I think when you, if you look at other teams, and if other teams, players and coaches of other teams, they're never going to admit this for obvious reasons. They don't need to give bulletin board material, but. If you sat them down and you got them to just be really honest, really straight up, which Ranger goalie would you least like to face in a playoff series? I got to think most of them are going to say Igor Shosturkin because he's been great ever since he's been called up. And I think the Rangers, he's probably got to be the man going forward in the postseason, you know, regardless of what Henrik Lundqvist has done against the Hurricanes in his career. But we'll see what the Rangers choose to do. Obviously, they got some time. You know, we're right here at the beginning of June still, and I I believe the earliest possible time that the Stanley Cup playoffs might be starting as the beginning of July. I know they're looking to do, like, kind of the early portions of July. Uh, Fingers crossed that this can happen, and everybody can stay safe while the Stanley Cup playoffs are going on. But, yeah, I mean, I— like I said, my vote is for Shesterkin. We'll see how the Rangers choose to play it. But that's going to do it for today, guys. Uh, once again, thank you for tuning in. If you would like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Now go ahead and tell your smart device to play the latest edition of Locked On NHL. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time.